Welcome to Current Radio's Politics Station. Please enjoy today's selection of political news. Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Saturday, December 23rd. Today we delve into the Wisconsin Supreme Court's overturning of GOP-drawn legislative maps and DR Congo's provisional election results showing a lead for President Shisekedi. Plus, we'll discuss why 2023 is being called the year of crisis for Pakistan's economy, politics, and security, and a federal judge's ruling that Massachusetts' assault weapons ban is consistent with a recent landmark Supreme Court decision. This coverage and more, up next. In a significant move, the Wisconsin Supreme Court has overturned the state's legislative maps, which have been criticized for favoring Republicans. The court has given lawmakers and the governor the initial opportunity to approve new maps. Abby, could you give us some context on this? Absolutely, Michael. This decision is a major shift in Wisconsin's political landscape. The maps in question were first drawn in 2011 when Republicans controlled all of state government. These maps have been seen as giving Republicans a significant advantage in elections, leading to their strong majority in the state legislature. So what does this decision mean for future elections in Wisconsin? Well, it could be quite consequential. If the new maps are more politically neutral, this could benefit Democrats who have been shut out of power for years. In a state that has been a battleground in presidential elections, this could potentially shift the balance of power. What's the reaction been like to this decision? There's been a mixed response. Republicans, including the leader of the Wisconsin Assembly, have criticized the decision, suggesting that it was pre-decided. However, Democrats and legal groups challenging the maps have celebrated the decision as a victory for democracy. It's interesting to note that this decision comes a day after a similar ruling in Michigan. Is this part of a larger trend? Yes, it seems so. Litigation disputing district boundary lines enacted after the 2020 census is ongoing in more than a dozen states. The issue of gerrymandering or drawing district lines to favor one party has been a contentious issue nationwide. This is certainly a developing story. Shifting our focus to international news, the Democratic Republic of the Congo has begun to announce the results of general elections, which have been marred by chaotic organization and credibility concerns. Abby, our correspondent for Current, is here to help us understand the situation. Abby, what's the latest on the ground? Well, Michael, the electoral authorities have started announcing the results of voting by diaspora Congolese in South Africa, the United States, Canada, Belgium, and France. These votes represent a small proportion of the electorate, but they show President Felix Tshisekedi with a sizable lead over his opposition rivals. There have been reports of some polling stations failing to open to the public and some voters not being able to find their names on registers. Can you tell us more about this? Yes, that's correct. The voting in the mineral-rich Central African nation was extended into Thursday due to these issues. However, this unscheduled extension has led to fierce pushback from opposition candidates, some of whom have labeled the move unconstitutional and called for a new election. What about the concerns raised by independent observers about the vote? The U.S.-based Carter Center has described serious irregularities at 21 out of 109 polling stations it visited and noted a lack of confidence in the process. Despite this, the head of the country's electoral commission, Dennis Kadima, 
has rejected criticism that the extended vote lacked credibility. The DRC has a history of disputed elections that can turn violent. Can you give us some context on this? Absolutely, Michael. Shisekedi's election as president in 2018 was marred by accusations of vote rigging and fraud. Protests against the outcome resulted in at least 34 people being killed and 59 others wounded, according to the United Nations. The DRC, despite holding vast reserves of copper, cobalt, and gold, is one of the world's poorest countries, and political instability has been a recurring issue. It's a complex situation. We'll continue to follow this story as it develops. In other news, 2023 has been a tumultuous year for Pakistan, with economic, political, and security crises making headlines. Abby, our expert on South Asian affairs, is here to give us a deeper understanding of the situation. Abby, can you give us a brief overview of what's been happening in Pakistan? Absolutely, Michael. The year 2023 has indeed been a challenging one for Pakistan. The country has been grappling with a severe economic crisis, which has been further exacerbated by a food crisis. This has led to widespread discontent among the population, resulting in mass protests. Can you tell us more about the economic crisis? What has led to this situation? The economic crisis in Pakistan is a result of a combination of factors. These include high inflation, a significant fiscal deficit, and a large external debt. The food crisis, which is a result of poor agricultural practices and climate change, has only added to the economic woes. The government's inability to effectively address these issues has led to widespread dissatisfaction. And what about the political situation? We've seen mass protests following the arrest of Imran Khan. Can you shed some light on this? Yes, the arrest of Imran Khan, the former cricket star turned politician, has indeed sparked widespread protests. Khan's supporters see his arrest as politically motivated, while his opponents argue that it's part of a necessary crackdown on corruption. This has led to a significant political upheaval, further destabilizing the country. It's a complex situation. What are the implications for the region and the world at large? The instability in Pakistan has implications beyond its borders. It's a nuclear-armed country with significant strategic importance given its location. Any instability there has potential ripple effects, particularly for its neighbors like India and Afghanistan, and for the broader international community. Clearly, the situation in Pakistan is one that needs close monitoring. On a different note, a Massachusetts ban on assault weapons has been upheld by a federal judge, stating that it aligns with the nation's historical tradition of regulating dangerous and unusual weapons. Abby, our legal correspondent, is here to help us understand this ruling. Abby, can you give us some context on this? Absolutely, Michael. This ruling is significant because it's one of the first major tests of the Supreme Court's landmark decision in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin. That ruling expanded gun rights nationwide and established that firearms regulations must be consistent with the nation's historical tradition. So what exactly does this historical tradition mean in the context of gun regulations? The term historical tradition refers to the understanding that in 1791, when the Second Amendment was ratified, there was a tradition of regulating dangerous and unusual weapons. This means that weapons not reasonably necessary for self-defense could be regulated. In this case, the judge ruled that the assault weapons prohibited by the Massachusetts ban fall under this category. 
What about the plaintiffs who filed the complaint against the ban? How are they reacting to this decision? The National Association for Gun Rights and a Massachusetts resident who filed the complaint against the ban are not happy with the decision. They argue that the ban infringes on their constitutional rights. They've already announced plans to appeal the decision. And what has been the response from the Massachusetts Attorney General? Massachusetts Attorney General Andrea Joy Campbell has hailed the decision as a significant win. She stated that gun safety laws work and they can be enforced consistent with public safety and the Second Amendment. She believes this decision will protect the public and continue Massachusetts' leadership on gun violence prevention. It's clear that this is a complex issue with strong opinions on both sides. And with that, we've covered our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Current Radio, and we look forward to sharing more news with you tomorrow.